0: Plancy. You are listening
1: to Impact Izzo, the student voice of Michigan State University basketball. Bringing you news, updates, and more.
2: I'm proud of myself being be here all
0: day. Yeah, it's snow outside here. Yeah.
3: But especially Michigan
0: State. What's going on, members of the Izzone, and welcome back to Impact Izzone, your one and only source for Michigan State men's basketball, brought to you by Impact 89FM, WDBM, a part of the Impact Sports Podcast Network. I'm Julie Mitchell, joined in studio this week for Season 6, Episode 15, by Amanda Poole, Kyle Turk, and Luke Sloan. All in studio together, and we'll start off with my man Luke over here to my left in studio H. Luke, how you doing?
3: I'm doing well. This is the editors' takeover episode. This is the first time both editors have been featured on Impact. Is own. He's not wrong. Heads up. He's not wrong.
0: That's big time. Wow, it's a lot of power in the room. I thought you were gonna start laughing. I was hoping there. Were, I was there was <laughs> yeah. gonna be some
1: some sort of you know humor level to that joke. No, we were, was I was waiting bit. for that laugh.
0: It was a little bit. He
1: he, he yeah. just kind of took it and he didn't, he didn't run with it. He just kind of like handed it back to you. Completely stoned. It was a lot like yeah. you
0: you gave me some, you threw me like a lob. The pass was a little bit short, and I tried to grab it as well as I could and slam it home. But you uh, you just catch it in the post. Now you're just dribbling. Yeah. Now I caught it and I pulled it right back down. You That's threw it right. out to the I, I, I didn't finish the alley oop. There you go. It was there. Amanda, how you doing? You look a little bit confused.
2: Yeah, I'm fine. I'm doing great. I'm sorry, I'm not an editor, but it's fine. <laughs> it's not a, cl- it's not a <laughs>
1: click or
3: anything.
1: Luke just kind of, yeah, he's just like, all right, Amanda, whatever. I it's know. the editor episode. What is episode.
2: that? Like, the what is that?
3: Episode. Hey, Amanda, we're going to have to ask you to leave for this you one. Talk about editors the most experience
2: only. on this podcast? Oh, Boy. no.
3: Oh, oh. We're out of here.
0: She's got me beat for that. Those were some shots right there. She's oh. laughing.
1: You almost made her spit all her coffee. I,
0: there. Know, I mean goodness. For the second time, spill her coffee. Stop! Don't bring that up. Spills her coffee every time she comes to the studio. Nice. Every
1: time.
2: So icy outside.
0: Oh my goodness. Is that? I don't think that has anything to do with inside. <laughs> Get to the basketball. But to the basketball, as Turk is saying. Some breaking news. Not really breaking, but want to start the pot off with it before just starting to talk games and then bring it up. Um, Nick Ward in Sunday's win over Ohio state sustained a hairline fracture in his left hand towards the end of the first half against the Buckeyes. Um, currently there's no timetable on his return. He has said, quote, I heal quickly in quote. So we'll see what that <laughs> means, but he's going to be evaluated weekly and Michigan state expects to have him back by the end of the regular season. So he's already missed one game, uh, the home win against Rutgers, and then we'll miss the Michigan game, and then as far as coming back, potentially in the season Big Ten tournament time, or maybe even later. But we'll be evaluated weekly. And just first off, looking at this injury before getting into it when looking at Ohio State and Rutgers and then previewing Michigan, I do want to ask all of you, this news, first breaks following the Ohio State game, there was a lot of questions about the injury during the ohio state game if it was just a dislocated finger if it was just a little he's gonna go out for a minute then come back in but then the news comes out later that night that it's a hairline fracture to his left hand and i want to get your as initial thoughts and takeaways from when you heard that news uh, i mean that, that
1: was kind of my initial reaction just again we've the the, the dealing with the injuries is as msu has kind of had the bad luck this year i mean it, any any team losing two starters would have been a pretty big deal, and then it turns out it's it's two you know veteran guys in Langford and Ward. Why not? Why not? Just just toss some more uh, toss some more challenge on the pile if you're MSU. That was my initial thought because I mean I, I couldn't laugh about it. It's just kind of here, here we go again.
3: Especially as they just kind of settle into a groove after they get the news that Josh Langford's not going to come back this year, dealt another big challenge. It's hard to overcome two major injuries to starters like that, even though I still think the ceiling of this team is extremely high. I think they can still win without Ward.
2: Yeah, I think I think I was in denial when I first heard it. I was like, this is not happening right now. Ward cannot be out for the Spartans. But, I mean, Winston is really just going to have so much pressure on him now, and I feel kind of bad for him just because his two buddies these past three years are both gone. So, I don't know, I just— Kind of felt bad for the team.
0: Well, a huge blow for Michigan State, that injury. We're going to get into it a little bit more in-depth looking at the last two games in the preview for Michigan, but of course, wanted to get your initial thoughts. What were your initial thoughts? My thoughts <laughs> looking at it, this was a huge injury. This is a huge loss, and I think for me, it's it's not necessarily the production and the numbers that Ward, Ward puts up. I think he is a very productive player, and he's been great for the Spartans this season, but... I don't think they're going to miss him in terms of, oh, he's a 20-10 and guy every night. They're going to miss him in terms of he is a threat in the post. He's a guy teams have to game plan for and box out. I mean, teams consistently send double teams his way. And without him, I mean, you're looking to a Kenny Goins, Xavier Tillman. No one's sending double teams that way.
1: Most importantly, I think, though, and given that MSU is such a small rotation right now, he's another player on the court that gets minutes. You know, it could it could have been anyone, and you'd say to yourself, "Yikes, things are getting kind of tight now that it's Ward, and now that it's uh, at a position where you have some depth, but not really a whole lot." It, it makes the it multiplies that effect a little bit.
3: You mentioned the the production and the rotation in particular. I think ESPN flashed a stat up there, or it was BTN or whoever the broadcast was against Rutgers. I believe it said 44% of Michigan State's offensive production is missing with Ward and Langford out now. You talk about guys stepping up at the end of that bench. It gets tough because some of these guys at the end of the bench that have had to step up really haven't played a bunch this year.
0: Yeah, and it's having Ward out there and being able to get the ball into the post and make it a little bit slower alleviates Winston from having to be the constant creator. And we're going to get into it looking at, at Rutgers and then Ohio a little bit of Ohio State. Winston has to create so much for this team without Ward I mean having him run in transition for one but then also take possessions in the post was kind of an emergency play for them when Winston just needed a little bit of a blow to just say all right Ward you take the ball you dribble a little bit in the post and I don't have to dribble everywhere else but um those are my initial thoughts I don't I don't think necessarily it it kills the rest of the season um He's supposed to be back by the end of the regular season, so they're going to have him back. This is, for me, a good time to see what Michigan State can do and what role players can develop with him out because I think that's going to be what's going to kill or help Michigan State as they get into the Big Ten tournament and then even the big dances if guys like Matt McQuaid, a Kenny Goins, a Xavier Tillman, a Thomas Kithier, even Foster Lawyer can all be consistent contributors.
3: They're going to, we're going to need some of those players that you mentioned on that list to step up in the absence of Ward. You mentioned a Kithier. You mentioned also, you know, Winston being, having a lot of pressure on him and taking that pressure off him. We thought there was a lot of pressure on him with the Langford injury. Now the other main offensive weapon of this team is taken away. They're going to need some offense from those bigs in particular.
0: It's a big injury. Um. But moving into the game where he did get injured, Michigan State getting a win over Ohio State at the Breslin Center, 62-44 was the final score in that Sunday matchup uh, just a little while ago. A couple stats from that game, Matt McQuaid with a game-high 14 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, was 5 of 12 from the field, 4 of 6 from 3. And Ohio State's Caleb Wesson, their top man with 12 points, 9 rebounds, 5 of 11 from the field. And I look at this game, this was a very – Strange game for Michigan State, come out very slow in the first half, just looked like the lid was still on the basket for most of it, and they couldn't get anything going. Winston struggled, Ward gets injured toward the end of that first half, and it kind of looked similar to the Indiana game, where Ohio State comes into the Breslin Center, don't blink, not afraid, and they were ready to go, and they, they were up at Mich- on Michigan State at the half, 31-25, and it looked like they were going to pull off the win but a second-half comeback for Michigan State to take the lead and then run away with this game, mostly by the help of the defense there. And that was probably the biggest thing that stuck out to me was the defense for Michigan State. It was tremendous in the second half, held OSU to just uh, 13 points in the second half after putting up 31 in the first one of the guys I didn't bring up in the stats started off with Matt McQuaid, but was Cassius Winston, who usually is at the top, but only 13 points in this one, 3 of 15 from the field, 1 of 7 from 3, did have 8 assists. But the offense didn't come from him in this one. What it came from and who led the charge was a second-half unit that consisted of the likes of Foster Lawyer, Matt McQuaid, Kenny Goins, Kyle Arnes, and Thomas Kithier, who, out, who were out there, led a late charge, and mostly on the defensive end. And looking at that group, Amanda, you were there in attendance for this game. Looking at that group and the way they played together, what did you see from them, particularly Matt McQuaid and Kenny Goins, two seniors who Tom Izzo talked about in his postgame press conference, but they really stepped up as leaders of this team?
2: Yeah, I think, well, yeah, being there and seeing that, I think it didn't matter who was on the court with them. I think they all, that team chemistry, I mean, Izzo does a good job of that anyway, just the whole team just... Um, is really close no matter you know how many minutes you're playing with each other. So I think they all felt comfortable with each other. But um, definitely having McQuaid and Goins out there with their experience and with their maturity level, um, definitely being leaders out there and orchestrating stuff with Winston um, not being out there helped players like Kithier and um, Arns to really step it up and be comfortable and be confident in their shot and confident in their defense and everything. So, I mean, just seeing that out there, like – knowing that even though it might not be the lineup that you picture or imagine or the starting lineup, they still can get stuff done because, I mean, they're a team and, and they moved the ball really well and plays like that. I mean, if they can go out there and do that with people that they're not used to being, you know, with and playing with, um, they can still make things happen. I mean, that that's something that's a good sign for a tournament play.
0: And that's big for, as you said, Tom Izzo, to know that this group can push the Spartans and keep going forward with consistent role players. The guy who I thought really performed well was Matt McQuaid. 14 points, 5 of 12, 4 of 6 from 3 to go along with 5 boards and 4 assists. He not only was the shot maker, but the playmaker during that late stretch. And this is the Matt McQuaid that MSU needs with Langford out, a guy who can create his own shot but can also create for others. Kicking out to the corner for Arns, I think he had a big kickout play to Kenny Goins for a 3 who was 2 of, three in the, or two of 6 in this game from beyond the arc. MSU needs him to play like this. He hasn't been consistent. And so we've all been around watching the games and looking at this team, looking at the role McQuaid needs to play, how important is it for him to play both roles as a playmaker and a shot creator? And then what's the reason he's been so inconsistent? Because I can't put my finger on it because there are games where I'm like, this is the guy. This is the guy you recruited. It took him four years to get here, but he's here now. And then there are games where it's like, it's the same old Matt McQuaid who's going to give you two threes, but go two for six and not necessarily create his own shot.
3: Ever since the Langford injury became a season-ending scenario, I've really been impressed with the numbers McQuaid has put up from beyond the arc. Some really efficient shooting nights from beyond the arc. You mentioned four of six in this game. I know he went four of five in a game recently, and I think four of six again. Michigan State fans have been clamoring during McQuaid's entire four-year career here to, to see a consistent role out of the 3-and-D the guy that can check off onto another team's best guard, he's increasingly becoming a more valuable player for this team. Early in, Earlier in the year, you might have said some offense from him would be an X factor, but I'd say right now it has to be a necessity.
1: Well, and the other thing is you need him to take volume as well. I mean, you you get the misses with him. I mean, no shooter, even a shooter as good as him is not going to be perfect. But 4 of 6 from 3 you pretty much need that on a nightly basis from him now with Langford and Ward out. Uh, I'll be interested to see what his shot-taking uh, numbers are down the stretch here. Uh, Rutgers popped in 11 points, I think. Not not exactly amazing, but you need that scoring because it's got to come from somewhere. And with the rotation that they're playing, I, I don't know, Do you, we don't really trust Thomas Kithier to put up
0: six, seven points a night. I mean, do you? Exactly, and I think I don't, and I think that's what Izzo is kind of not too. thinking for it, it. I think he looks at Thomas Arnes, Kithier. And Arns' injury exactly. kind, of, kind, of, kind of plays into that. With Arns' injury as well. And I, I think the only thing you need from Kithier is you can't ask him to go out and give you double-digit points. What you ask him for is solid team defense off ball screens and to stick within his role. Set screens for Winston, get him good shots, get other players good shots as well, and just not turn the ball over, make dumb decisions. And and so far, Kithier has done that. Um but looking at Ohio State second half charge propelled by the defense, a crazy line of lawyer McQuaid, Goins, Arns, and Kithier got it done. Twenty to two in the last seven minutes. Twenty to two in the last seven minutes in that game, and that pretty much describes what happened. That second half was. I
1: don't know if that's more Ohio State or if that's more Michigan State defense.
0: I think being being in the arena, I think part of it was was Ohio State not getting looks from the outside, but that defense, some of the charges, I mean. That all swapped the energy in the building, got the zone pumped up from, I mean, they weren't very loud that entire game, but when those couple of charges went back, but McQuaid was creating, all the energy went towards Michigan State, and they just ran away with it.
1: Not, not Winston's best game either, but no. uh, d- still distributed, and I don't know if that was part of it was on, was on the, the energy level for him, but I think this was maybe his, his wondering, he does a game every month or so where he just misses shots.
0: And that's that's gonna happen. I mean, I mean he's
1: a he's a basketball player. Basketball, he basketball doesn't, doesn't make yeah. every shot
0: all all game, but And you can't I mean you can ask him to when he's playing upwards of thirty minutes a game every single night to be perfect. And so to get a win like this, thirteen points in the second half, Tom izzo has gotta be happy with it. Michigan State gets the win against Ohio State on the home floor, had a Wednesday matchup against Rutgers, able to pick up a win and that one moved to a two game winning streak for the Spartans. One against Rutgers, seventy one. 60, Cassius Winston back on top. 28 points, 8 assists, 8 of 17 from the field, 3 of 8 from deep. And Xavier Tillman in the starting lineup with uh, no Nick Ward, 19 points, a career high to go along with 10 rebounds, a little double-double with cheese for him, 7 of 12 from the field. And Rutgers' Geo Baker leading the way. I really love Geo Baker. He had 17 points in this game, 6 assists from the field, or 6 assists, excuse me, 6 of 12 from the field, and 3 of 8. From deep and looking at this Rutgers game, another slow start uh, for the Michigan State offense. I believe they went 0 of 6 to start the game, and it was a lot of easy looks at the rim, but 0 of 6 and started out a little bit slow, took a lead. Then Rutgers went on a huge run, came back, and obviously, this is the game no Nick Ward. So you look at that first half and as kind of said earlier, the thing they missed was the presence of Nick Ward, and I think that was evident early on in the game, not having someone to go down low to, someone battling on the boards. And it all went Rutgers' way. And, and then looking at this one, without Winston on the floor, that's kind of when Rutgers went on that run. I want to, to look at all of you and ask you, in this game, how evident, how big were the issues of no Nick Ward for Michigan State?
3: Early on, I had kind of a feeling that it was going to be a slow start. They might have a hard time finding offense in different places. So when Rutgers went on a run to kind of close out the first half, I was expecting that pretty, I you know, it was inevitable in my mind. But Xavier Tillman picked it up a lot, especially in the second half. In his entire MSU career, he's a guy that's played above his age, a guy that's way mature way beyond his years, double-double in this game always under control on the floor, always does the little things. And maybe you can make the argument that he's even more skilled defensively than Nick Ward.
2: I mean, yeah, he stepped up definitely in the second half. And I just think that in general, just with the looking back at the Ohio State game and this game, seeing this team as like a second half kind of team when they're being really productive in that second half, um, it's good like that they're being productive in the second half. But it's also like they could have been at like a different level in each of those games if they would have played as they did the second half and the first half, if that makes sense. I know Izzo was saying in the pressers that he just he doesn't know why this keeps happening and he just needs it to stop, especially with Michigan coming up in tournament. Um, so I just think that that's something that they'll need to work on. But definitely in Ward's absence, Tillman stepped up with his um, play and rebounding and everything. And I think he didn't even realize what his potential was until he kind of got thrown into those minutes. So. Was uh, good to see him.
1: And the other thing is Rutgers is, is maybe the wrong team to face to face Michigan State without Ward. Completely because agreed. Because they've got some tall guys on the interior. Very tall guys. Uh tall Eugene O'Marui, Shaq Dorson. Uh and the thing was, Tillman kinda held them in check for from the on the defensive end. I was kind of surprised to see a guy like O'Marui, uh, who I mean. Tillman wasn't really in foul trouble, but he still played 33 minutes. He's not in there the whole time, and only nine points from him on four 13 shooting. Good interior defense. I think Kenny Goins had a big help in that. wasn't a great night from Goins on the first half, especially on the offensive end. A couple turnovers, missed shots, and I think what what struck out me, what struck me more in that first half for MSU was the lack of offense. A lot of missed shots at the bucket. Uh, I think there was a sequence where Goins missed two easy, easy, easy layups. They easy. Yeah,
0: they were right at the... Uh,
1: picked up his own offensive rebound, had no one jump with him, and then missed another re- uh, layup. Maybe that's... Part, I don't know if it's part of that is nerves without Ward. I don't know if such a thing really exists. And he's the senior guy anyway, so maybe I'm just grasping at straws there. But uh, to, to see the way they handled uh, a team with Rucker's length inside... That's a very encouraging performance without Ward.
0: And that brings me to my next question. And we we all have gone around and talked about Xavier Tillman, 19 and 10. Does he cover the whole of Nick Ward? Is it? That's you, the I question think I think that's kind of been going around in my head is how big of a loss is Nick Ward? Is Does it truly affect the team? I mean, aside from the depth, switching Nick Ward with Xavier Tillman?
1: and you can't replace Nick Ward because it's the one thing the one thing you notice about Tillman's game on the offensive end is that the post play is is not at the same level as Ward uh the, the little jump hooks the, the areas in the basket where he can get to not on the same level as Ward but the one thing i do think uh Tillman excels at differently than Ward getting out of the high post when you get him downhill attacking the basket with a, maybe a dribble or two He's actually pretty solid in terms of g- creating contact, getting layups to go. Uh, I wasn't, I-, I was almost kind of interested to see if Ward could maybe add that to his game this year and really hasn't done that so far. But when you score the way he does, I think you just stick to the tried and true more than anything else. I don't think you can do it. I don't think you can replace Nick Ward's production minutes, whatever. But I- I- Tillman just doesn't feel like that stop at. But if he puts in solid performances, you may not, may not even matter.
3: I completely agree. I mentioned earlier in the show that I believe the ceiling of this team is just as high as when Nick Ward was in the lineup, but I do agree that he just has a presence about him in that starting lineup. One of the guys that's been around for, of course, this is his junior season on the team. I believe Xavier Tillman will score enough and produce efficiently on the offensive end, but the thing that really keeps this team going in my mind is you have Most likely the best player in the Big Ten, handling the ball and running the offense. And you have one player in Matt McQuaid who can check off on any team's best guard. And another guy, even though he's a freshman in Aaron Henry, that has proven to be at at, at times elite defensively. When you have a couple guys like that and another one like Winston that can produce, especially if you get Ward back at the end of the year, this injury is not positive in any way, of course, for this Michigan State team. But I believe their ceiling is high, and that's mainly because Xavier Tillman plays within himself, plays efficiently.
2: Now. Yeah, you can't replace Ward, but I think, I think, you know, Tillman is the closest you can get to replacing him, just with what we've seen, and that's that's a big promise for Michigan State to have that and to see his, um, you know, I mean, career high right off the bat when he gets that opportunity. So, I mean, with these minutes that he's going to be getting, I think we're going to see a lot of good stuff from him.
0: And now just like against Ohio State, Michigan State down in the half, 32-25 in this one against Rutgers, and instead of a defensive performance in the second half, it's an offensive showcase from none other than, as Luke said, Big Ten potentially player of the year, potentially the best player in the Big Ten, Cassius Winston. 19 points in the second half, excuse me, 5 of 8 from the field, 1 of 3 from deep to go along with 6 assists in the second half. For Winston, it was him and Xavier Tillman. Tillman had 15 points as well, but a lot of that 15 came from Winston's own creation off the pick and roll, off the dribble. I mean, I don't know what else to say, but Cassius Winston was was magical in the second half. I am, every game that he does something like this, I am more and more impressed by how much better he's gotten in some of the areas that he wasn't great at before. His finishing at the rim is better his three-point shot although it has always been great doing it off the dribble a step back three over Dorsey just to see some of where his offensive game is at that he can now be a guy you can call upon for offense like this is just even more impressive I think that's I always saw him as a guy who's going to be consistently giving you points but to be the offense that he is right now is really impressive to me
1: and lately he hasn't even been shooting the three that well no so yeah. I mean so talk about something that might so that might even get better can you imagine if, if, if to addition, in addition to all those things that he already does, he kind of recovers that three-point shooting stroke just that little bit for come tournament time?
0: I mean, he he's magical. If there is a, a Tom Izzo player where you're like, this could be a year when Izzo has one guy who's going to push for a, a run in the tourney, it's going to be a guy like Cassius Winston. If he's got Winston and he can at least get a healthy ward back, this could be some more Tom Izzo magic in March, but... March isn't here ahead of too yourself. yet. You're getting, ahead of getting yourself. way ahead, getting way ahead <laughs> of myself. A way big, ahead there's of myself. a pretty big game on Sunday. Very <laughs> huge game. And before getting into the huge game, previewing that quick Big Ten update before Michigan State U of M part one. Look at the current standings. Michigan, Michigan State come into the matchup on on Sunday. Same record in conference, 13 and three. Michigan is 24 and three overall. Michigan State 22 and five overall. Purdue, right behind both teams at 12-3 and 3 in the conference. Maryland right there at 11-5, and 5, and then Wisconsin at 10-5. and 5. And just a couple questions, state of the Big Ten. First, is Purdue a real threat to either MSU or U of M? Tomorrow they've got
1: Nebraska at Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Based off just the schedule more than anything else, it pretty much could be, I, I think Purdue's almost nearly a lock. For a share. I can just because they have no no real other very losable games. They they pulled off some oh that win against Indiana earlier in the week, back on maybe Tuesday or something like that. They 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 basically just ran into Assembly Hall and escaped with like some forty nine, forty six win, and it was just the most disgusting thing you've ever <laughs> seen. And I think performances
0: like that are what win you big ten titles. Yeah, forty eight, forty six that went on Tuesday, February nineteenth at Assembly Hall. Very, very disgusting. Oh.
1: <laughs> why, why Indiana couldn't couldn't take a better shot at the end of the game? Beyond me, but all right, well, uh, but mean, it's I the mean, game that's in the forties. Problem
0: with the Hoosiers all season long. It's game in the forties, but for, uh, yeah, I think
1: they're they're a legitimate threat to potentially if things go the wrong way for either Michigan or Michigan State, they could win it outright. I completely just, just agree. kind of beca-
3: just because the schedule is a cakewalk. You mentioned at Nebraska, who is not a threat anymore after a hot start. They host Illinois at Mackey. They host Ohio State at Mackey. At the barn, Williams Arena might be tough here the, the, in a couple the, the, the weeks. The last one, but the last one is actually at Northwestern. That's the se- the second to last game is against Minnesota.
1: What's the most losable one in that stretch, Julian? Most uh, would losable? It, would it be? Would it be Illinois at
3: home? Illinois is playing better. <laughs> as Illinois this is Big 10 playing
1: great. I, like, I, I hate along. to say it, but it might be that Illinois at home is your most uh, pressing game. I guess Nebraska is still a losable game.
0: I think Minnesota away. I agree yeah, is one as well. Yeah, they I, gave Michigan I, I a tough time. They that, the Michigan saying. and I don't dislike Minnesota at all. I that, think they have a solid team.
1: That's what I'm saying. They are absolutely a real threat. I think they're a
3: threat to win it outright. Just by def- like you said, you said by default. That's the 100% the correct way to say it. I could see them winning all five of these games. All of a sudden you're I mean they're already there, mm. especially if Michigan and Michigan State split with each other.
0: That will be the biggest thing. If Michigan Michigan State split that's definitely a share, and they win these games. They're going to be right there. Now the thing is, if Michigan goes out or Michigan State goes out and win both meetings, or
1: one of the teams, even yeah, one e- either of the teams team wins, wins both, both of them,
0: and Purdue drops one. But they're really right there, and I think, I mean, you can't put up a better schedule for them for the fact that they have such a tough to, tough road to start the season. They have one game against Michigan, they lose that one, but the two against Michigan State, they somehow split.
1: Somehow they deserved that win. At they did deserve
0: that win, but I'm just mean. If you're drawing up a schedule and saying, after the way they started the season with all those tough games, to then say we have a chance to win a share of the Big Ten title,
1: they can lose one. Of, they can well. lose one of these next five very, very winnable games
0: and still probably end up with a split when Michigan and Michigan State split. Yeah, very, very real threat is Purdue. And real quick, next question for the Big Ten. Um, Is Winston clear and away the Big Ten Player of the Year? Has he he solidified it for you? I mean, a lot of people, a lot of votes, of course, because of the way these two guys play and the legend they have in the Big Ten is Carson Edwards and Ethan Happ. They'll get some votes, but to me at least, Cassius Winston's your Big Ten Player of the Year. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind about it. I think he is the best player on this team. He's the reason they go. And I think he's your Big Ten Player of the Year easily.
2: I agree with you 100%. And that might just be because I've seen him play the most, too. But just his productivity, his, I mean, consistency scoring is just incredible. His way that he finesses the court. Just everything in this whole question of is he sustainable? He's magical. I mean, Izzo calls him sensational. I mean, those words, they're true. And he's been doing it for this whole entire season, especially these last, like, eight games, playing so many minutes. It's just, I mean, I think the reasons that he wins are going to be what he's shown in these last, like, you know, since Langford's been out. Just him stepping up and realizing that, like, he can't not do well.
3: You bring up this question, Julian talking about Izzo's guy, Mike Cassius. No, we're not doing that again. As he likes to call it. we not
0: him. doing that again. That I'm cutting kind that out. I'm cutting oh, that out. Man. If I have to edit, I'll cut it out. He did it so many times. It was oh, yeah.
1: I, I think I heard I'm some of it. My goodness.
3: It's my favorite Izzo press conference moment of the year, and there's some dandies in there, and I think it's my favorite. But looking at the guys that Winston is going up in this race, a guy like Ethan Happ cannot make anything at the free throw line it, it or outside of the paint. And then Carson Edwards is shooting 39% on the season. I know against in that Indiana game in particular, he was what? Like 4 of 23 or 4 of 24 from the field? I mean, it was actually, I have the stat right in front of me now, 4 of 24 from the field. I don't see Cash
0: is doing that. Oh, and 10 from 3 as well. I don't see Cash is doing that. And, and you, a lot of people would argue, well, he is required to do that, but required to do the same exact thing for MSU. He could be. Exactly. It would, it would be validated on this Efficiency level is just not there for Carson. Wait,
1: Edwards. wait till people see Sunday. This, this is. I mean, I wouldn't expect less than fifteen, twenty shots from Cassius.
0: You know, I'm just gonna take that segue, hop on it, and write it. So, thank you. Sunday, Michigan State takes on Michigan at the Chrysler Center at oh, you don't three say. forty-five. It's a big game. <laughs> PM. I mean, a little bit. Not really. It's just, a, a li- just a little game in February. You only,
1: know? only been waiting for it since uh, what? mid-December, oh, mid-November. This game seemed like How an eternity. It? Maybe a little game.
0: earlier, honestly. Yeah, I feel like in our preview pod to start the season, we were like, MSU Michigan is going to come down to those two. <laughs> Can't wait for that two-game series. That that was a great, Ryan Cole. I was going to say, that's a great Ryan Cole yeah, impression was, right there. a Ryan Cole. A l- little bit, but... A huge game uh, looking at Michigan this year. As I said, 24-3, 13-3 in the Big Ten. They're currently on a two-game winning streak after picking up a win over Minnesota in their last win in away game at Minneapolis. They won 69-60. That, game's on, that game was on Thursday. Uh, they have had a couple of upsets this season. Um, been upset by Wisconsin at Wisconsin, 63-54 in January. On the road at Iowa, 74-59 And then on the road at Penn State, 75 69. So it hasn't been like this Michigan team has been top tier upper echelon all season. They've struggled a bit offensively throughout this season. Some players really haven't gotten it going. Look at Jordan Poole, who's at 33% from three in Big Ten conference play.
2: He's my cousin, by the way.
3: Actually?
0: Oh, I thought she was, I actually almost thought she was like
1: being serious for a second.
0: Yeah, I, had to, I was like,
2: oh, yes. I, I knew it
0: was a joke because I, I was like, I'm late to that this one. is not, she is not related at all to Jordan Poole. Like, <laughs> Wait, that's she's, just not she's a laughing, real thing. She's
1: laughing like she might be. I, I can't tell. Can we confirm? You can't tell
0: lies <laughs> on the podcast.
2: I'm kidding. But that's uh, the first person I know with my same last name. That's good. That's cool, actually. That's,
0: I mean, hey, it's not nothing. It's notable. It's something. Maybe we got to look mean, maybe back. Maybe we
2: are related low-key, and I just have no idea. Like Ancestry.com. Like yeah, Ancestry.com. Yeah. Shout
3: out to Ancestry.com. Sponsor,
2: <laughs>
0: <dot com>. sponsor, <laughs> <us>. sponsor
1: <laughs> the <laughs> same gene pool.
2: Pool. <laughs> okay. Oh, that.
0: very I didn't nice. Mean, I didn't mean that one. God, I didn't that, that, mean that oh, one. Oh, sure. That, that was, that I didn't mean that one. That one just so came up. to me. That was rough.
2: There is an E at the end, people.
0: All right. Well, Michigan State plays Michigan. The the question everybody wants to know, with no Ward, no Langford, does MSU even have a chance? Now I don't. I'm gonna put him on blast because he has to be put on blast. But main coming. man Joey Ellis, friend of the pod, has been on record multiple times throughout this year saying U of M is gonna roll by twenty plus. And, and to say, I think he's predicted the season sweep at he least pred- multiple times. But he's gone. He's
1: gone back and forth on that. I think in this at this point, because Ward's out, he he sees the cop out of ah uh, yes, it's easy. It's gonna be a sweep now.
3: Oh, he's been preaching this since like November. He's yeah. like he's been, watching Teske make threes. Right he's after like, oh, the heads up.
1: Right after the Kansas loss. I think he was right in the right in the <laughs> yep. group chat and was busy. Uh, you know, I don't think Michigan uh, will lose to MSU this year.
3: Everything has right. rolled his way. No Langford, no Ward. He's yeah, getting really, he, bailed he, out for Steam.
0: Maybe he's got, he's he's orchestrating something <laughs> behind the scenes there. Heads up. And so I, I believe MSU have a, has a chance. I don't think Michigan's offense... You and I had this long conversation after class today. We did. We did. It was basically our whole walk back to the car. <laughs> Call right back to the car. We talked, whole oh, walk back to the car. I think there's a, there's a small chance. And I think it's because the Michigan offense isn't as high-powered as it was a year ago, only averaging 70 points a game as a team compared to Michigan State being the number one team in offense, off-scoring offense in the Big Ten Uh, Michigan State's defense is top tier so is Michigan's which I think will lead to a lower scoring game potentially in the 50s maybe low 60s and if a game is close enough like that low enough in score I give Michigan State a chance I think what it all is going to depend on me for is one three-point shooting for Michigan if they light it up from beyond the arc go ahead count it up that's a Michigan win but if, Winston, if they're not shooting well from three and Winston wins the individual matchup between Xavier Simpson, I think you like the Spartans' chances in this one.
3: So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> and I mean. couldn't agree more. That's what I'm hearing. There will be two key matchups in this game. And the winner of one of these matchups, I think, takes home the game. You look on the Michigan State side of things. Of course, a lot is going to be riding on Cassius Winston in this game. On the other end of the floor, Michigan has a very physical Defensive-minded point guard in Xavier Simpson. If Mich- if Michigan pounds the ball at Cassius Winston, either gets him in foul trouble or takes his legs out and gets him worn out, can't get those legs in that jumper. A little extra bounce on the break. Michigan wins easily. Turn off the lights, close the arena. But on the other end, if they pound, if Michigan State pounds the ball inside to John Teske a little bit, gets him in foul trouble. There is no one on that Michigan bench who I trust guarding MSU's front court players beyond a guy like John Teske. You talk about Austin Davis, you talk about Brandon Johns, and then even Brasdakis has his flaws defensively in the front court for Michigan. Whoever wins that little matchup right there, I think takes home the game.
0: And so, my question for you, and Kyle and I, big fans of the moving screen podcast, we've had Brendan Quinn on the pod here before. And one of the things they did talk about, and I think it's right to bring it up here and ask you, Winston, if Michigan attacks him, tries to go for his legs, take him out of the game, would you consider not swapping him standpoint. somewhere else? Not, yeah. not from we, an injury They're not clarify. sweeping the leg. Yeah, no, isn't the karate kid. <laughs> we got to okay, clarify. Johnny, Johnny clarify. is not sweeping the leg in this one. But on the defensive end, they're going for him he's going to play 30-plus minutes. Easily. Would you consider swapping Winston onto another defensive assignment? Would you say a Jordan Poole or— cousin. Yeah, probably a Jordan Poole.
3: It's it's really hard for me to swap him onto a Jordan Poole in this game because I see a Matt McQuaid matching up very well against a more athletic two-guard in Jordan Poole, especially because Simpson, his jump shot is inconsistent. His offensive game is really inconsistent overall as he's more known as a defensive point guard. I think that this Xavier Simpson, Cassius Winston matchup is going to be one on one. I don't, you know, usually you see a Carson Edwards, you know, Matt McQuay will switch off onto a guy like him or a better scoring point guard. I don't think this happens in that game. I think it's going to be one v one.
1: Luckily, uh, Michigan does not run things for Xavier Simpson to go off screens and shoot threes. Yeah, that's the one thing you. I think that they're gonna do a pool more than anything else. Is so you wouldn't want him on pool by any means because pool is just gonna be running around screens the entire game trying to get open for threes.
3: It's completely correct. They don't mm-hmm. they. You've seen Michigan point guards in the past a Trey Burke, a Derek Walton Jr., a focal point of that offense. You know the classic Michigan ball screen coming off a screen. You know driving to the ten. There's none of that with with uh, Xavier Simpson. So I think he's just gonna to try to wear him down a little bit. I mean even if I mean if Xavier Simpson Simpson can score 6 to 8 points but wear cash is down on both ends of the floor major victory
0: for Michigan. I think that's what they're going to do too. And I think Simpson it's be knows the game it. Plan. And that's the one-on-one matchup and and that will lose where I mean I keep bringing up references from from other writers but big fans of everyone's work but Graham Couch wrote a column saying that for Winston to be the best player in the Big 10 he has to conquer Xavier Simpson first and looking at this 1v1 matchup just straight before looking at the game, who would you take one v one? Someone's gotta push their team to a win on Sunday.
3: I hate to say it, but it's probably gonna be Xavier Simpson. Mm. After that Minnesota game, you know they they had to scrap out that win at the Barn Williams Arena, one of my favorites. Richard Bettino, another one of arena. my favorites. Very I well think, lit. I think Xavier Simpson on his home floor, a little bit of energy. You know, and, and he is a guy. They talk about Xavier Simpson on the radio a lot. People write articles. He is an intense player. He might not show it, but they say he's one of the biggest trash talkers in the Big Ten. I think he's going to bring it on his home floor, but I think it'll be a different story when they come to the Brez, but that's for another day.
1: I think it's a different Cassius Winston in these last two years as well. Uh, he's just added... just the, He hasn't really added some major element to his game. I mean, last year you could see he shot the three a lot better, but I think he's just... More confident in what he does in the offense. I think last year you stuck having to you know defer to guys like Miles and Jaron just Jaron Jackson just a little bit, and you, you look at where he's what his role is in this offense. He better have a good game or else there's not much
0: else to write home about. I think the difference for me for Winston is the demeanor. I think sophomore year Winston going against Xavier Simpson got flustered, got a little panicked. There was a dog in Xavier Simpson that eat up Cassius Winston, but this year, from what I've seen from Winston, from being asked repeatedly after games, how are you feeling about your minutes? How do your legs feel? And he's just like, I do what I do for the team. No ups, no downs. He's been ready every single game, and I, I think he's going to be ready for this one. He, he didn't come in thinking, oh, I've been thinking about Xavier Simpson all year long. I want to eat him alive. It's the same game for him night in and night out, and I think that's a demeanor that he's going to take. He's going to be ready to go. Or he, it's I see it as a challenge. And and he's he's ready to take down the challenge. I mean, we
1: we didn't get those kind of answers from. I couldn't you know go back and look what kind of questions he was being asked last year about Xavier Simpson, but I'm sure it's the same stuff he's being asked this year. And I, it's not as if he's just this completely new player overnight. I just think that Cassius Winston
3: knows exactly what he's doing now compared to last year. This will be the biggest challenge of the year for him, in my opinion. Didn't need to guard Carson Edwards here at Michigan State, or really at Purdue. It's going to be, he will be guarded by the best, one of the best defensive point guards in the country, as we've talked about Simpson a lot so far, but this is the biggest test, and I agree with Graham Couch 100%, he needs to win this battle
0: maybe twice, maybe once to win Big Ten Player of the Year in my opinion, we'll see. Amanda, what What about you, does, does Winston need to win this 1v1 to be Big Ten Player of the Year, or is it solidified, and will he be, be ready to go on Sunday?
2: I mean, I think it'll help his case if he wins it. But, I mean, I just think that his mentality, like you were saying, his mental game is so different this year that you can just tell it's literally all about the game to him. It's about the team winning and nothing more. So what if he gets 28 points? Cool, that's fine. And this attitude about it is so amazing. And that's a Tom Izzo player, too, just somebody who wants to win the game for the team, for the program. And I think that that puts him, um, you know, sets him apart from Xavier.
1: I mean, you go one on one with all, all five spots. Let's let's think about it for a second. You give the slight edge to Cassius Winston over Simpson, right? Because one of them's the probable player of the year and the other one's not. Uh McQuaid Matthews.
3: I, I think like that'd be McQuaid the matchup. You do. I do like McQuaid in that matchup. I like up. Matthews in that matchup. I'd
0: up. say it's
1: you know closer to even.
3: Matthews is a guy that struggles to shoot the ball from the field at times. Been putting it together a little bit more lately. Kind of starting with that Penn State I do game. Tr- I do
1: trust McQuaid's. De- I-, I do trust I do. their defense on each other. Matthews is a good defender as well.
3: Underrated defender, I think.
1: Uh, Henry and
0: Poole. 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 and I think the the thing that about Henry is he just has not looked like the same player in these last couple of games. Uh, one of six from the field against Rutgers, just six points. He did grab a couple of rebounds with seven. But offensively, I, I just don't think he is the same guy. And I think that's going to lead to some questions on defense. A little just confidence is going to is gonna be the issue for him.
1: To his credit, he has popped in some good performances on the
3: road.
0: You know, he has. I like he Aaron has. Henry
3: in this matchup. You you talk about the, the Nebraska game, the Ohio State game, even the Purdue game on the road. He's shown up when the big lights have been on on the big stage he will be capable enough defensively in this game especially against a guy like Jordan Poole who's really struggled with this shot since Big Ten play has gone underway.
1: It, Goins versus Brazdakis. Goins? It's,
3: that's
0: another go guy Brez that's cooled down in Big Ten Really? Play. I think I'm gonna go with Brazdakis. Why? I think Brazdakis is just the more aggressive player. I think he's gonna Take a matchup seriously.
1: You think Goins is a little uh, crafty veteran? Might draw a couple fouls, do some do some different things. He's a better rebounder than Brasdakis. He is.
0: I so I think rebounding is where Goins will have the edge. the The thing that's gonna prove it to me that Goins is gonna win this matchup is depending on how Goins shoots from three. If Goins stretches the floor, pulls Brasdakis out on the defensive end, that's gonna be huge for Michigan State to have at least one of the. The big guys putting quotes around that because they're not necessarily your traditional bigs. They're
1: they're but. all they're all the thing about Michigan is it's really not exactly a, a set hierarchy on offense. Not at it feels all. Like Matthews has been on a bit of a run of late in terms of you know getting the last shots and, and making the big plays, but earlier in the year it was Braz Dacus. I think he's definitely hit a wall. That's why that's why I kind of give a slight edge to Goins in that respect.
3: I think. Brasdakis could be the X factor for Michigan in this game. You kind of know what you're going to get from a guy like Simpson. You kind of know what you're going to get from a guy like Matthews. You know, Poole is another kind of question mark. But if they get, in my opinion, if they get offensive production from Ignis Brasdakis, I think this one's over, especially because lately he's slowed down quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I like Brasdakis, but I I think the guy, if, if this is going to go wrong for Michigan State, it's going to be Jordan Poole. I think if Poole, if he plays similar to how he played against Minnesota— Five of ten from three, twenty-two points. If he gets it going from beyond the arc, I think I think that sinks the Spartan team. Testio shots... over Tillman.
1: That's I mean, just because it's Tillman, yeah. and not Ward.
3: Especially with the the experience,
1: I think too. so.
0: Uh, I think mm, seem, okay. Tillman is a, a better defender. I will give him that. The thing with Teskey is is Teske, very similar to most, most of the players on this Michigan roster, can stretch the floor. Nice shot And that's going to be if yeah. Tillman has to come out as well, and he has a great shot He's got blocker. good hands on offense. And so I guess on, in that respect, he's a better offensive player, and he's pretty close defensively as well. I would give the nod to Teskey.
1: So, I mean, let's bring up the same kind of talking point we had from from our walk. It's... There's a lot more variables for MSU I feel in this game is you need Goin's and McQuaid and Henry and whoever else to play well for MSU to win. On Michigan's side, you really only need two guys maybe. Say say Matthews and Teskey play well or Matthews and Poole shoot well. That's that's what they need to win. I think that there are less variables for you. Exactly, and I think yeah.
0: uh, as I, as we, we were talking about, and when you said that, the thing is it, there's a higher probability that two of those players from Michigan have better games than players on Michigan State. And that is because I trust Jordan Poole or even a Charles Matthews and Ignis Brogdakis maybe as more shot creators and guys who are going to get their own shot than a Matt McQuaid who at times throughout the season has been a shot creator. He's mostly a catch and shoot guy. They both can
1: take
3: it off the dribble. Yeah, they both play such good
0: defense. I, th- gonna, I think yeah. both teams play good defense. I think
1: this
3: game. What do we think? Fifties, sixties, scoring wise. I think it's going to be pretty scrappy. Michigan. Michigan is a team that has slowed down offensively the last few years. After that, being their 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 hallmark, what they take to the bank. Luke Yaklich, his son. I covered him in high school on my high school basketball team. It's Little a siren. Sh- Little shout-out to Celine High School men's basketball on the pod. But he has have had a defensive revolution <laughs> with the Michigan Wolverines. They get after on that end. You know Izzo's going to have his guys going after it. 50s or 60s has to be what you expect.
0: I think so. I'd probably sit around a 65-60, maybe even a 65-58 game. So pretty tight, in your opinion.
3: They might barely crack 60.
0: And I, I, I only I have it tight just because... Of the defense. If Michigan State comes out and plays solid defense, they can keep it within striking distance.
3: I think so easily. Mi- teams have been able to do that against Michigan all season, especially in Big Ten play. If you D them up a little bit, they've had a hard time making shots home or away. Yeah,
0: and if you hit three, because I think that's the thing. Like Wisconsin isn't the most pot- potent offensive team, but they kept the low-scoring game. A couple of other guys had great games, and I think that's what Michigan State kind of needs to do. Winston is going to be your definite. You're going to need Matt McQuaid to knock down four three-pointers at least he's gonna go four or six again that's what they need they need, They're that. Gonna need that Kyle Arns is questionable with the back injury from Rutgers but it's I think he hard. plays one, that's one of the tougher players I've seen I think he plays
3: one of Arns or Henry is gonna need at least 10 points in my opinion for this game or actually I'll extend that even further actually two of the three Goins Henry and Arns are gonna have to score at least 10 points they're going to need that to win this I game. I was going
0: to they're going to have to dominate on the glass. Oh, easily. If they easily. clean the glass like they did against Rutgers, 45 to uh, 30, 31 for Rutgers, that'll keep the game even closer.
1: Michigan shot 13 to 28 from three last night. I think they do that, and it's, it's a cakewalk. Oh, you, because, easily. Because MSU, I don't think that has, has the horses on offense. If, if Simpson is playing a decent enough game on Winston, uh. McQuaid needs. I think McQuaid's your X factor for MSU offensively. If if you get him to put in a vintage performance, pop in you know fifteen twenty, that 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 propels them such a long way.
3: I like their chances if McQuaid gets you around fifteen to twenty points, especially if if Cassius Winston wins his matchup, that could be a that that could be the X factor. Is a good way to put it
0: because I think you you would then argue that's going to be potentially three players in double figures. McQuaid will have 15-20, winston the other one be? Twenty. And I think because of Winston's ability to create out of the pick and roll, I maybe give Xavier Tillman at least ten off just pick and roll scores, drop down passes underneath the bucket. I would guess he'd rebounding. be good for about ten. And that, yeah, that's gonna be if he can. Him and Goins can get ten plus a piece. They're they're the only, they're the only guys who really have the ability to do that.
1: So exactly. they're going to need that. Like I said, there's so many variables. Yeah, to, Michigan there's, State. There's is no margin need to for error. And there's
0: th- no margin for error. None at all. And for for MSU. A last one. Looking at this Michigan preview, a lot of people from Michigan State, depending on if Michigan wins this game, or even if Michigan State wins this game, are going to tweet things like, "You guys only won because we didn't have Nick Ward or Josh Langford," or, "We won and we didn't have Langford or Josh or <laughs> Nick Ward." Those are going to be things people are going to tweet. And I, I I want to ask, if Michigan does go on to win, how much stock are you going to put into this game with no Nick Ward? There will be...
1: It, it, it kind of depends a little bit on on how a guy like Teske plays. If you see him just just take Tillman to the cleaners, maybe pop in a couple fouls, force Thomas Kithier to play 15-20 minutes, then you're going to say to yourself, well, shoot, we miss Nick Ward a lot. I think, I think it's it's a, a situation very similar to that kind of first half at Rutgers, where Izzo comes into the locker room at halftime and says, "You guys miss miss Nick now." I I, I, use, I hate to use so many first names, but I I just love quoting him verbatim. <laughs> he, he's so he's so good to quote. He's a good quote. He's a great fist pumper too.
0: Oh he did a little double <laughs> fist yeah, pump. It's, it's a
1: good thing we didn't talk about how viral that went because everywhere you looked on Twitter on, oh, on Wednesday night, it was the double fist pump, it's the it's the single <laughs> fist pump, it's the double two-hand fist pump.
0: And, that, and then there's a, that shot of him fist pumping and then like Nick Ward and Xavier Tillman are both screaming and everyone's like, This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Like chill.
3: The one time the Uzone got loud the entire night. Wow. I know Ryan Collins. A lot of hate. Ryan Collins and I went on the hockey podcast and uh Talked a little trash about the Izzone a couple weeks ago. Supan, the other fantastic hockey beat writer on that, he had to get us off that topic or we were just gonna go on and on. Yeah, and I don't on. I don't know
0: if we have enough time for that no. one. But I, I think, I think you're right. I think this is a game where Michigan State has a lot of question marks and if they get the answers, they can pick up a win, but it's a lot of things that Tom Izzo is gonna have to ask to happen for them to walk away from Chrysler Center with a victory.
1: Not holding my breath either. We picking? Let's make
0: some picks. I'll I'll start first. I got Michigan 65-60. I think this is it's going to be a tight one. I think they do crack 60. I think both defenses will have to let up. I think at a certain point some team either team will go on a run and I think 65-60 is going to be the score for Michigan.
1: This is this is of course now Michigan's in the hot shooting stretch and uh one of the benefits of playing at home, you do shoot the ball just a little bit better. I think uh, this is this is your game where Poole hits a couple outside shots. Matthews might hit a shot
3: or two. Is Brad, does Brad Zikas really step out and shoot all that much? He did early in the year. Not mm. as much in Big Ten play, but I'd say he's more of a paint presence.
0: He is a 38% three-point shooter on the season. He's taken 38. How is he in conference? He's made 38, shot 99 in conference play. Pulling up the stats. That's all games. Conference games. He is shooting... Thirty-seven percent from three. I he's guess, made yeah. twenty-five. He's taken sixty-six. Not awful.
3: Relatively consistent for you know. That's kind of different from what we've seen on the court.
1: I think Teske hits a couple from outside. Uh, if they get threes uh, from John Teske.
3: Teske and
1: Brezdekas. I mean, I think it's just the game where U of M ends up shooting the ball just a little bit better. And uh, I have sixty-eight to uh, fifty-seven. U of M. Uh, U of M wins it. There's no there's no bearing for me on how the game of the is gonna go. I'm gonna throw that out there.
2: Yeah, I definitely think it's they're yeah, they're not gonna be in the Breslin. They're without Ward. I mean, it's gonna be a tough crowd, it's gonna be a tough game, so much pressure on them. I just don't think they're gonna do it. It's gonna be sixty seven sixty U of M wins.
3: Relatively close.
1: Come on, you've been you've been buffing up MSU all all podcasts, all preview section. You're saying there's mm-hmm. there's there's a a win for McQuaid over Matthews. There's a win for Goins over Dagas, Win for I think you he had a Henry over. Uh, I feel like he had Henry over whoever.
3: Don't forget though. I also said that the Xavier Simpson was going to take Winston to school in this game. That's, That's a true. pretty big one. That's true. Looking at this game, I see around sixty six fifty five. A nice little eleven point victory for the Michigan Wolverines. I think. <sighs>
0: After all that time, he sits I'm, there. I'm sorry. All of that. Cassius Winston is winning his one-on-one matchup against Xavier Simpson. All of that. I, I can't tell what he's saying.
3: Xavier Simpson. What's
0: your final score again? 67. 66. 66. To 55,
3: your final. I think Brasdakis drops. You know what? I'm, I'm going to say 18. 25 plus. Wow. I think it is a, oh, you threw I the pencil leave down. The studio. Oh, you're not happy. <laughs> I'm telling you.
1: I, I think...
0: feel like we just, like, uh, on Kenny D, D kind of hyped Brez Dekes, and I then like... you like 25
3: points.
1: On Kenny Goins, who he held uh, Omaruli to 9
3: on 13 shot attempts. I have a sneaking suspicion this is going to be his breakout because I think he's a big-time player. I think Winston improved has improved a little bit def-
1: defensively. If he shuts down Simpson in, in the playmaking role, goodness. I mean, M- MSU has a lot of things that they can do where – it's not that big of an
0: ask, but they do it, and they've really got a good shot at winning. Yeah, that's what's going to be. the if Simpson is getting what a fascinating game, sites,
3: what a fascinating matchup. We could talk about this forever.
0: It's a big match, and they're not even healthy, oh, right? Geez. Not even at like if this was. Oh, so, oh we well, didn't answer the question about the whole Ward thing. Yeah, the uh, stock. The stock. Yeah, if I this think, was Michigan, Michigan State with Langford Ward beginning of the season. Well, we'll just go with Ward beginning of the season, and this is the Michigan team that came off the heels of beating North Carolina. Like, this is a different matchup. But now we're at a season where Michigan State's not healthy. Michigan is
3: struggling.
1: Oh, I, guess, struggling I guess my well, answer well, was it bit.
0: depends on Teske's play.
1: And I think there mm-hmm. there will be situations where MSU is definitely going to miss Ward, but sole reason they lose that game, yeah, I don't think so.
3: You know you... Talking about Langford, you also brought up Langford. I think some Michigan State fans, if they don't find offense in different places, could even bring it back to him and say, "Well, we needed another scoring option from the two, uh, two or three position.
0: It could be brought back to him too." And I think, I, I think it is a, a big thing not having Langford. I still kind of questions. I think Langford was pretty productive, but he was also at times not consistent in terms of. Being completely efficient from the field, he took twelve plus shot, but would sometimes maybe only make four or less. And so, seeing Langford grow throughout the season would have been better for me to go and say Langford's going to be the guy. But definitely the threat of having a secondary scorer who is a little lo- better than Matt McQuaid—that is—that is something Michigan State can't have to say that he they was, don't have a guy like that. He was
3: going to have a—he he was on his way to potential. I know the sample size was really small, but he was having. You know, a career year, poised for a career year before the injury happens. He was impressive. I was really impressed with what I saw offensively from him before he went down.
1: It just doesn't feel to me, I don't know if it feels this way to you guys, just McQuaid's kind of primed for that signature game on Sunday. I know Matthews is such a good defender, but I've been waiting for McQuaid to you know step up this year. It just
0: doesn't feel like he's had that kind of signature game yet. He's we- come close a couple of times throughout the season. I just I, I I kind of agree with you. I think Ohio State was a little bit of a spark for it. He leads that second unit. Rutgers he played he played pretty well in that you know, game. He as played well. okay, he played all right.
1: I think he got, kind of got sucked into the shooting woes in the first half.
0: Yeah, and I think yeah a lot of those buckets were, were in and out for him. But I think I think you're right. I think and I that's what Tom Izzo and this team have to kind of bank on is if Matt McQuaid goes off has a signature night. Going
1: going to McQuaid, your two seniors. If if they. If they outplay their guys, it goes a long way. I think my, every, everything else is pretty much a
3: wash. My question: If if Matt McQuaid knocks down on one end and shuts down on the other end, is this the best moment of his Spartan career?
1: Well, there's Kansas. Yeah, that was a big time event. That the, was big huge. time. Big time that, performance. That was, that was a
0: huge. I'll moment step it for up if he
3: if he scores fifteen to twenty plays well defensively, and leads them to victory on the road in a game where they will are not favored at all? Will that be the moment of his Spartan career? Let him in scoring
1: against Rutgers, or not against Rutgers, against OSU. I mean, I could see him leading the way in scoring again. I just
0: don't know if that really ends up in a W. Yeah. I think that that's the big, I mean, I'm going to end it here, going to cut it here. I want to get really quick, Carson Hathaway is in studio once again. We're going to get his guest pick right there on mic two. What do we got? U of M, Michigan State.
3: Yeah, um big game, obviously. Um uh losing Langford already seemed bad enough, but losing Ward just makes things even harder. And um Michigan's undefeated at home, going on the road and beating them would be really tough anyway, but without Lowe's two, it'll be hard. So for that reason, I think you have to pick Michigan in this game.
0: There we go. Do you have a final score?
3: Um I'll go by 12 or 13. Kind of in my neighborhood.
0: All right. In the ballpark there, but I think Turkey ended out pretty well, I and mean, we ended out Michigan State. A lot of questions, a lot of if that happens, they can win. Is it still
1: te- is it an upset technically? I think it is technically an upset with the, uh, with the air yeah. quotes. Yeah, that's an uh, air quotes likely. upset. You
0: can qualify that. But a lot of questions. You had to mention now how people can potentially listen to this game. I was going right into it. I, was, I think you, I, I, think you might I have was really swimming into everything I wanted to, and you just messed up the flow. Mm, I think I'm just I'm doing my laps. I'm you're good. Okay. Keep keep rolling. Here. Okay, but a lot of questions, a lot of answers. You can tune in to find out if Michigan State does find the answers on Sunday at Chrysler Center to impact 88.9 FM on the call. Myself, Joey Ellis. Kyle Turk is on the road with us on Sunday to Ann Arbor. We'll have articles, columns, tweets, you name it. Tweet us back. Everything. Tweet us back from
1: this post where we should go for food in Ann Arbor. I've heard a lot of good things, a lot of different places. Joey wants to go to Pizza House. And I told him, hold on a second. Pizza House is, That's there's, not... there's one of those right down yes. the street. All right. I need something. I've He's never been there. At... Wait, we've got a Celine native. Right I've here. never been well, to, to Ann Arbor.
0: Dummy.
3: I must interject because the big house is in the sh- or my house is in the shadow of the big house, which is of course right next door to Chrysler Center, where they will be playing. If you guys like a good hamburger, free to potatoes. No, I was thinking a in little your backyard, mo- a little more. Yeah, yeah, come <laughs> come ten minutes down the road, we'll fire up the barbecue. It'll probably be about thirty degrees, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Yikes! Crazy Jim's Blimpy Burger. It's been uh, in blimpy. Ann Arbor yep, for I don't know how many years. I think somewhere in the seventies, they have an old grumpy owner that walks around who talks to people. They all the fry cooks are really snappy jerks. No, no but phones the food, in mine. No phone. It's like it's like element. It's like high school no cafeteria. Think like uh, the soup Nazi episode from Seinfeld. Exactly. You big Except Seinfeld guys, so
1: Julian?
0: Not a huge Seinfeld guy, but I know what you You talking about? That, it's basically that for hamburgers. That's I, where I, you gotta go. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that's oh, an, it's an option. Okay. Okay. I, think, I think i we to put that up. Yep, I've never been rings. to Ann Arbor, so. I, I, He's need in for so, a treat. I need something good. Oh, you need
3: it for sure. I need sure. something for
0: So we're gonna treat me right. But follow us on Twitter for updates on that. We've got yes, it's a longer
1: pregame show. I think is also in the works. So also in the maybe works. maybe a little three fifteen tune in time. Three twenty like tune in time. I
0: like it. Three fifteen tune in time. Joey Ellis, myself on the call. Cal Turk with us on Sunday. Heading to Ann Arbor. Big matchup at Chrysler. We're gonna find out. Michigan State, Michigan. I wouldn't want to miss it. Part one. I wouldn't. Must see TV. This is about the same as your yearly doctor appointment. You better show up or you will die. The physical. Well,
1: uh, i that's a little strong, but I get the Maybe point. A little bit.
0: You got the point. The point mattered. But that's it. Season six, episode 15, Impact is on. We might see you for a little bit of early podcast next week. Love it. A little bit early. Early podcast. A little bit early. So Dropping keep it tuned. We're going to drop some bombs. we do one from the hallway of the Chrysler Center. Could be. Could be. I don't know you, if I want to stick around you, too you, long you, in that place. Oof, come on. Heads up.
3: Hey, you're starting to sound like S- me over stop here.
0: Stop it. I don't know. Haven't been there, so we'll see. I've heard I've heard some rumors about that place. but Jeez. This is going to be a great time. Michigan State, Impact, heading to Ann Arbor. It's going to be a big one. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>